I'm coming in hot. Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Yeah, coming in hot. Coming in hot. Just like the fajita. Like the fajita. I write what I live. Write what I live. My life in the speaker. I'm nice with the flow. Nice with the Just like the demeanor. Like the demeanor. I'm feeding my fam. I'm feeding the meter. Uh, they got the iron while I got the steam. Okay, hi friends. Welcome back. Welcome in. LOTL episode 41. We are coming at you on a Thursday night from... Uh, Jordan's Palatial Estates in North Olmsted, Ohio. Penthouse. High above Great Northern <laughs> Mall here in North Olmsted, just off of I-480. Uh, my name's Dan. I'm here with Jordan. Jimmy is with us via Skype from Kent, Ohio. What's going on, guys? Hello, hello. Oh, what's up, Jimmy? How's it going, guys? Good to be, uh, good to be back. That's right. Via Skype. Sadly, I couldn't be in person due to the climate yeah how are and, the roads uh, uh uh i wouldn't say the roads were too terrible more yeah. of just uh, a lot of rain pretty windy so is it snowing Especially down I there came back to Kent. what's that is it snowing down there oh yeah yeah yes it is supposed to be a brutal weekend as well yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know we were supposed to get snow tonight i thought that was all supposed to come on saturday yeah i guess it's gonna be tonight and then get really bad on Saturday. Which is great because we have a wedding we have to go to a, on Saturday downtown. That's going to be <laughs> yep. fun. Yep. Can't wait for that. All right. Uh, before we get too off track here, thanks again for checking us in and uh, tuning in to us here on uh, either SoundCloud or iTunes, whichever uh, audio platform you are listening to us on. Um, like we said in the, in the uh, musical introduction, follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Uh, check us out there for our polls, uh, just general Cleveland sports information, sports uh, takes, uh, things going on around the city. Uh, check us out on our website, lotlpodcast.com. Uh, we're going to be posting a Brown season in review from our buddy Steve um, here, hopefully in the next day or so. Um, he said it was a long one because there's a lot to go into this uh, oh, that, season. Oh, that's posted. Oh, you posted yeah. it? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. up there. so Yeah, you can read it now. Okay. Yeah, go on the website and uh, read it. And uh, leave Steve a comment there and uh, let him know what you think of uh, of his review of the Brown season. So, I haven't – obviously, I haven't I, read it. So i tell you why. Um, I had forgotten a lot about some of those uh, narratives and storylines from <laughs> yeah. the Browns this year. And he does a really good job of kind of rehashing everything, but not not doing it to the point where it's like overkill. <coughs> um, I really enjoyed re- reading it again. It, you know, when you read it again, and perhaps we can talk about this in a bit, but you really do see how much potential the Browns had in this season and, and the, the things they did live up to and the things that they unfortunately weren't able to accomplish, um, but how close they were to having a truly great season. But... It's fun. It was a good read. It, it was it was fun because we watched most of the games together. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm not even gonna offer opinion on it because I didn't read it, but, but I will read it tonight for sure as soon as we're done uh, recording this episode. So um, Jordan, yes, brew of the sir. week. What do we got this week? So one of my favorites from the famous Great Lakes Brewery. Uh, they just recently released their Conway's Irish Ale. Um, Oh, that's a seasonal? 
I honestly didn't realize it was, but I guess it is. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, so it's, they usually release it obviously around St. Patrick's Day, sort of, but, you know, with the way brewing schedules work, they have to do it like way earlier than usual. It's, um, it's a great, it's a great brew. Uh, I love, uh, part of what I like about it is it's got, it's a really rich and full flavored brew, but it's not like a dark beer by any means, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's got, it's got multi flavors. Uh, big fan. I love the bottle too. I love the artwork that they always use. Uh, but yeah, these just dropped about a week ago. They're available in most stores now, and um, it's a great, it's a great brew. If you haven't had it yet, it's one of the better ones from Great Lakes, in my opinion. Uh, I look forward to it uh, each year. So that's what we're drinking today. That's uh, that's our brew of the week. Nice. Yeah. Um, always love a good Great Lakes. Uh brew especially a seasonal one that just we, just coming out we will be doing some more too because they are de- they're debuting a new permanent couple. beer they're and then a couple, a couple yeah there's gonna be a couple new yeah new options including one we've talked about it already uh it's gonna be like a moscow mule beer which is i don't even know pretty excited for that i guess ginger and stuff like that they said yeah. it's gonna be in it so i'm really looking forward to that one sweet awesome thanks jordan uh yes, sir. Let's see. What are we gonna talk about today? All right. Are we are we gonna mention that I'm only twenty again? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I wasn't, but since you brought it up, are you drinking anything down there, James? Hamas. Uh, can't can't say that I am. Partaking? No, sir. Oh man, that means you can't come to the beer fest with us next weekend. Is that next weekend? Oh yeah. darn. Oh, darn. It's too bad because you'd probably actually like that, Jimmy, honestly. What? Like what? You'd probably enjoy the event. It's nothing crazy. It's just, it's pretty chill. It's a fun Next year. It's always next year. Or summer. They have two. They have have, uh, winter and summer. We could always go with you to the summer one. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, Well, let me just uh, real quick run through what we're going to talk about today. Uh... As usual, per usual, we've got our poll of the week in our top five. Um, should have some uh, pretty interesting takes on our poll of the week. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you follow us on social media, you've seen what our poll is. We're going to be talking about uh, the Clemson uh, National Championship football team's visit to the White House and what was on their menu for dinner uh, due to the uh, government shutdown and all this uh, great, you know, great stuff that's going on right now with our government. So uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to leave politics aside, as we do on the show. Uh, We don't want to get too far into it, but I do have a take on why people voted the way they do, and I don't think that they left their politics out of it. True. Or could do it, or could leave their politics out of it. That's a good point, yeah. uh, We'll get into that. Also, uh, just kind of tying into the whole fast food narrative of the – of the dinner menu at the championship dinner at the White House. Uh, we're going to give our top five uh, favorite fast food spots. So um, we'll talk about that. And, uh, yeah, give our opinions. Uh, hopefully uh, you guys uh, will give yours to us as well on social media. If we left any any out or were ridiculous for ranking things the way we did. Uh, Jimmy is going to debut a new segment on the show. Ooh called What's Happening, 
So we'll, we'll get into that. Jimmy's got a topic for us uh, that's going on right now in either the realm of sports, pop culture, entertainment, anything going on. So Jimmy will re- reveal that and we'll get into it. And then we'll touch on some sports. Uh, Browns, as everybody in Browns Nation, Cleveland now knows that Freddie Kitchens is our new head coach. We'll go through some of the staff hirings to his staff and kind of dissect that a little bit. We'll talk just briefly about uh, an article in the Players' Tribune that uh, Richard Jefferson wrote uh, talking about the championship run uh, in 2016, and uh, then we'll give our AFC and NFC championship game uh, predictions. So we've got a couple uh, reviews after that um, to talk about with you guys, and then uh, Jordan's going to go over some uh, events and festivals uh, coming up. So yeah, that's a quick rundown. Let's uh, let's dive in. Let's get into it, Jimmy. Yes, sir. Fair or foul? The White House serving fast food for the Clemson uh, National Championship football team dinner at the White House. Well, uh, considering that I'm a fellow broke college student, um, I'm going to say fair. Sounds like a great time. I don't see any problem with it. I'm sure almost all of the players uh, like that food anyways. I don't see the big issue. Not at all, to be honest. Why, what do you guys think? Uh, Speaking for myself, when I first heard it, I thought it was ridiculous, uh, but I kind of thought it over, and I don't see any problem with it at all, Um, and there's two reasons. First of all, number one, like, there's a lot of moments, there's a lot of uh, dinners and and conferences and things like that. I know that's its own unique event, but... There are a lot of things in life where, where fast food is served and nobody bats an eye. Um, and two, college kids eat that kind of stuff. Like, we've all been there. We still eat that stuff, a lot of us. And uh, one of the players had commented something to the effect of throughout the regular season, they're highly discouraged from even eating food like this. So uh, whether or not they follow up on that, I don't know, but... You know, for some of them, it was probably kind of cool to have a break from the usual meal plans they have to eat or whatever it is, you know. So, um, I have no issues with it at all. Could could the White House have provided a better meal? Absolutely. They, you know, certainly could have. But, I'm, you know, with the circumstances of the shutdown and all that, I, I think, look, you know, the president bought them a meal. I don't see any reason to be critical of that. So yeah. I thought it was fine. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it was fine too. I mean <clears throat> like you said, with like who you're dealing with is what makes it fine. Like right. it's a bunch of college kids. Right. Like if this was a you know, political, you know, state dinner with uh foreign dignitaries coming in and Trump's got a uh table full of Big Macs, okay. Yeah, that's probably an issue. It's college kids who routinely eat ramen noodles and uh, or Taco Bell, Taco Bell Saturday night, (laughs) uh, pizza rolls, or you know, just crap like that. And this whole narrative of the oh well, 
team dietitians uh, don't want them eating this sort of crap. Like, that's such BS. Yeah. I worked for a college football team, and our post-game meal snacks that we would have for the team was either pizza, uh, chicken sandwiches, right. uh, you know, calzones, like <coughs> stuff that, you know, mm-hmm. dietitians on a football team <laughs> wouldn't want you eating, yet that's what the school orders for them. I mean, yeah, and, and another thing, like, this is a, 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 a dinner to celebrate them winning the national championship, like, it's after the season. They're not in right. season. So who cares <laughs> exact, what they exactly. eat? They're not gonna they're not gonna touch the football field again for right. you know, six months. You know. Um, the only issue I had with it, and again, we're not going into politics, I'm just talking about him mm-hmm. was uh, the president going on Twitter and bragging about how he, he bought all this stuff. Like, right. who right. cares, man? Right, right. Like, like, we know. You you're a billionaire, yeah. so if you're going <laughs> to brag about that, get the dang thing catered with right. good food and then brag about right. it. Right. Like, yeah, okay, there's no White House uh, kitchen staff right now because of the shutdown. So it's not like he could have mm-hmm. had the kitchen staff, you know, whip up a bunch of gourmet food like they usually do. But also, like, man, you're... You claim to be worth like, uh, yeah, like billions, billions and billions whatever. of dollars. Yeah. Like, who cares that you bought three hundred right. Big Macs? Like, exactly. That's a literally a drop in the bucket for you. Right. But, I, th- I think the conclusion here is both sides of or all sides of the equation said something dumb or overhyped something about this. But in the end, is it a problem? I think we all agree it's not. Again, they're college kids. Like you said, if you were serving. Ambassadors from other countries yeah. don't do that, please. But but these are college kids. They right. probably thought it was funny, and they probably enjoyed they it. They probably loved it. I mean, you saw pictures of them. These are football players. Some of those guys grab like four or five sandwiches and burgers. It's like yeah. I mean, they they love this crap. Yeah. Like, They're you know. eighteen to twenty one year old uh, young men. I, we still eat this food, right? And we're no longer in college, no. or yeah. or an athlete. So yeah, I mean, I had Chick Fil A on yeah. the way here. Yeah, I had Taco Bell this weekend. So yeah. I mean, it's I mean, not it a, it's shout just out, not a big problem. shout out Chick Fil A. You know, <laughs> That's right. If anybody's listening, the best. If you want to, you know, help us out. If you want to be a sponsor, we'll Chick-fil-A. hawk your food. No problem, dude. I would. It is I the would, best chicken. Sandwich. I would write a new. Script every single day, a new ad for them every single time we do this. If they would sponsor us, like I, I love them so much. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, so I actually, because of the public opinion of the president, I actually expect this uh, to be a little more like lopsided, like people. Yeah, the, saying the oh, it's not a, like it's not appropriate. Like that was stupid. Like why you know why would he do that? You know he's a you know he's a weirdo or whatever. I was actually shocked by the results. And, Same, I was too. And uh, shocked by looking into who voted for what. Yeah, but obviously my, we're not. My we're, we're obviously not going to say names. Here. No, no, no. But I would be. I'll be honest. That that shocked me too. I looked at some of the people who said yes. I was like, huh. <laughs> right. Interesting. But uh, so. Uh, on on Twitter, we had uh, 45% say, yeah, uh, it, it was appropriate. 55 said no. Uh, then Facebook, 58% said yes, it's appropriate. 42% said no. So, you know, 
around half and half, really. Uh, we actually got like 90 votes, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, hot button topic for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that leads us into our top five for this week, and we're going to go through our top five fast food joints. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. All right. So I also added specific meals, but you can also just take it as the joint. Yeah, well, so. well, we were originally going to do fast food burgers, right, but, and then, yeah, but when discussing right. it, we realized that Jimmy doesn't like hamburger or cheeseburgers. Right, so. right. So, <laughs> weirdest thing I've ever heard. By the way, I did not know that until a few days ago, Jimmy. Big chicken uh, guy. That's, that's fine, I guess. I just did not expect that. For me, uh, I'm going to go from five to one. Uh, number five is Taco Bell's Crunchwrap Supreme. Can never go wrong with it. It's a great, great, great snack. Um, I've been a fan of this ever since it debuted. I've tried all the variations of it, uh, and to this day, I still like it. I'm not. E- I can't even say I'm a huge Taco Bell fan, but I still eat it, and it's and I can't lie. I still like it. It's your people. Um, and it's, yes, it's very much authentic <laughs> Mexican food, and yes, I I. You can find this food everywhere in Mexico, actually. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they have all these Taco Bell knockoffs. Especially that wonderful seasoned ground beef that Taco Bell Yes, has. that's... that's They don't make beef any other way, actually. It's weird. <laughs> Number four is Whataburger. Uh, no one up here probably even knows what that is. I know what it is. Okay. It's, I've never had it. It's like... It's in Texas. Yeah, it's a Texas... Pretty much Texas it's like only. A, it's like... In and out. It's like the Texas In and Out. Yes. Five guys. You yep. Know. Yep. It's uh, they're everywhere. Uh, growing up in Houston, it was supreme. Like it's they. I mean, Chick Fil A is really big down there too. But wow, is Whataburger just on its heels, if not overtaking it sometimes? I don't know. But it's if you go to Houston or Texas, anywhere in that region, try it out. I mean. You're probably going to be like, huh, it was a fast food burger. And it absolutely is, but you know how it is when you grow up with something. So, uh, Whataburger's number four for me. Uh, Number three, this is odd. And I went almost 10 years, or actually it may have been over 10 years of my life, not eating McDonald's hamburgers. I just refused. And they debuted their new quarter pounder, and I saw the ads, and I fell for it. And I have to admit, I love it. I love it so much. It's my third favorite. Because it's fresh. It's so good. I'm it's not going to fresh it is, to order. Their, Never frozen. Their quarter pounders are so delicious. It's ridiculous. And I hate to admit this because I hate McDonald's, but wow, they they did they. You guys did it right when you did the quarter pounder. Um, but it's but it's far cry from number two. Correct. That's why it's not number two. Okay. Number two, uh, Swenson's Galley Boy. Uh, Swenson's in general is one of my favorite fast food restaurants. Uh, one of my favorite places to go, honestly. It's so good. Uh, and their Galley Boy is really good. It's kind of like their signature burger with their sauce. Um, yep. There's now one about five minutes away from me in North Olmstead, so I'm a happy man. And that's number two. And number one, Chick-fil-A's Original Chicken Sandwich. Can't go wrong with that. Oh, is it juicy? It's always juicy. It's always crispy. It's always just so good. Uh, I usually get the spicy one, but I'll take the regular one any day. I don't care. 
I love their fries. I love everything about Chick-fil-A. Again, another place I grew up on, and I love it, and I sing its praises every day. All right. I was going to try, try and hit a sound effect, but... <laughs> Is this the right one? Let me see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh... Dan or Jimmy? I'll go. Oh, go ahead. Oh, am I, am I intruding? No, no, go ahead. All right. Uh, okay, so I didn't really go so specific as the meal. Yeah, I didn't place, either. More it's just fine. the place. That's not, yeah, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so number five. Jordan never follows directions. <laughs> yeah, never. Can't expect that. Uh, you know, Jordan's home, uh, home country, Taco Bell. Can't, uh, other than the crunch, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think everything's good on this menu. I, like I said, I'm not a burger guy, so you're gonna be shocked at some of my uh, some of my choices here. If Subway's so in then, there, we're fighting. Uh, we will nope, fight. It is not okay. Subway, Subway, Subway not that not. Subway's bad. I would. I thought I would, about it. I would I say Subway's it. bad. Taco Bell can't go wrong. What do I? I usually get like the Doritos Locos tacos. Those are. By far my favorite. Cool ranch or nacho and cheese? Then, uh, Which one? Oh, I get all three. I get the fire. Oh, and the fire. And nacho cheese. Yeah, I get okay. all three. He gets one of each every visit. Oh, yeah. 100%. They go down so easy. All right. Number four. <laughs> what? I said they go down easy. The oh, okay. Great. What do you think I said? Nothing. All go right. ahead. Keep going. Number four. Steak and shake. Ooh, oh, I forgot okay. about steak and shake. All right. Okay. Yeah. Respect. I see that. I but, see you. But I do not get the burgers from steak and shake. Usually I'm just there for the fries and the milkshake. And maybe, uh, maybe like chili dogs. I maybe no longer see food. you, but go on. <laughs> Bro, you got to try the Frisco melt. I'll give it a try. I'm sure it's very popular. Or the Cajun burger, dude. It's, oh, it's so good. I don't know. It's been a while. We'll make an LOTL steak, steak and shake visit. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too far three. from one. All right, number three uh, is Sonic. So oh, Sonic, yeah, another see? good one. Stop sleeping on Sonic and Steak and Shake, boys. Fun fact: Dude. I've never so, eaten at Sonic before. Oh yeah, Wait, Sonic. I've never eaten good. at Sonic before. Oh well, I've never had Swanson, so that's kind of crazy too, right? Wow. Yeah. Okay, so, that's weird. That's yeah, definitely a little weird. You're like down in. Chose, you're like down in Swanson's country too. Yeah. I, Swenson's I originated so. in, like, Akron area. Did it? Yeah. Huh. No. Never been there. there. We have an A&W. Have you ever been to one of those places? I don't know what that is. The root beer? Like oh, the root A&W. Beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a restaurant, yeah, too. I, yeah. I don't know what that is. It's like the root beer, but they have a restaurant. Yeah, not... Wouldn't recommend. Definitely wouldn't crack my top 20. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, like I said, Sonic. The reason I chose Sonic kind of brings a sense of nostalgia uh, especially since when I first got my car, like whenever you hit the age, your friends get cars, you actually get to drive around and, yep. you know, go get food, park in the Sonic parking lot, just kind of hang out, get slushies or whatever they have. So definitely brings back some memories early on in high school. So that'll always hold a place in my heart. Shout out to Sonic. Maybe you can sponsor <coughs> us, have a co-partner. Shout out to Sonic. Chick-fil-A or something like that. I don't know. You Dude, it out. Jimmy, it's so funny. Real quick. I have a lot of nostalgic memories of Sonic 2 in Houston. For some reason, like, 
our dad really liked Sonic, and he, he would often not, like, take us, get us fast food all the time, but if we mentioned Sonic, he would often be like, okay, yeah, and he would go get a Sonic, so I, I don't know what it was about that See? place, but he liked See? it. Something in Sonic's water. Shout out really to Sonic. Like Sonic memories. Making memories. All right. Number two. Dan, hopefully this is on your list, high up in your list. But these, uh, I do not have McDonald's or Burger King, uh, considering I believe they're all somewhat commodities. So Wendy's would be my number one of the three. Uh, I do okay. like the spicy chicken sandwich, chocolate frosty, fries, maybe the chicken nuggets. You can't go wrong. Are you a... Um, are you a- French fry dipping into the frosty guy? You know what? I am not. What Ooh. I highly suggest is you get the creamy sriracha sauce from Wendy's and you dip that with the fries. Not in the frosty. No, no. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't put sriracha sauce in frosty. Well, but, yeah, I didn't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> not a fry, yeah, not a fry frosty dipper. No? No, You should sir. try it. Mm-mm. It's not bad. No, I mean, I have, but. Oh. Don't sleep on the creamy sriracha. You're sleeping on Sonic and the sriracha. <laughs> I'm not on. sleeping on. No, I didn't say that. I'm just. Yeah. What was that? I don't know. But it was a drum roll. It was like, oh, right, we do I live. I live right? near a highway. It was a truck. Either that or Jordan. Okay. Jordan's picking up your speaker. So. Okay. I'm throwing you away. Would be. This might be a little controversial. But Dunkin' Donuts. Wait, what? That's weird. Yep. Jimmy, that's, hey, that's considered see, fast food. You said it, it as long as it has a drive-through. That's considered. I mean, fast that's food. true, but I, did, I guess. Did we honestly expect Jimmy to not pull some weird white girl <laughs> nonsense on us like this? Dude, don't even do it to me like that. I get cold brew from Dunkin', some like probably a little cream, no sugar. And I usually get like a bacon, egg, and cheese and a multi-grain bagel, maybe a uh, sesame seed bagel. I'll, oh. I'll, I'll give you this. The breakfast is better than your average fast food breakfast. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why it holds <laughs> the number one spot in my heart. I can't believe that's Thank number one. Thank you even, and good night. That's even one over Wendy's, bro. You're a big Wendy's guy. Uh, I'm a bigger Duncan guy. I have an addiction. That is, I mean, that is true. You always show up with a with an extra large Duncan... Uh, Yep. Iced coffee. Yep. I'm loyal. That's true. All right. I feel you. Yes, sir. All right. Here's mine real quick. Let's see. Five. You know what? All of us have Taco Bell as our number five. Wow. That's right. That was not planned. We live in that Taco Bell life. You know, the fourth meal, run for the border, all that stuff. Yeah, Taco Bell. Four for me, Jimmy. It's on there. It's Wendy's. Yes, sir. The four for four, clutch. And if you like, ever like forget to bring your lunch, like <laughs> it's four. It's a four dollar lunch. Yep, yep. Four for four. Uh, three, which has not been mentioned yet, Raising Canes. Oh, that's a oh. new place, right? Mm-hmm. What? I just didn't think of that, but oh. that's a very good pick. It's the best best chicken finger you'll ever have. That's a hot take. But. I, you know, I have to try it. I know there's one coming to Lakewood soon, so maybe I'll be able to you try gotta, it tomorrow. You got to uh, get that, and you have to get it with the cane sauce. Okay. The cane sauce makes it. I mean, they give you one with every order, but. Okay. Uh, two, Chick-fil-A. 
the home of the original chicken sandwich. That's right. With, I see, I I don't know who, but uh, I've seen people recently that have gone to Chick Fil A and have talked about like their or, like their order. I don't know where I saw this, but a couple people posted that they don't like pickles on their Chick Fil A sandwich. That is sacrilege. It's not a Chick Fil A sandwich unless it has pickles on it. I wouldn't be that intense about it, but you are correct that I feel like it does have to have at least a pickle flavor. Right. But they put like three, right? Only three or something? Yeah. Like it's not yeah, a lot. it's just yeah. like three pickle chips. Okay. Uh, yeah. Off my off that soapbox. Uh, number one, Swenson's. Easy. Yeah. Galley Boy. So good. Double cheeseburger with barbecue oh. sauce and tartar sauce. Oh, yes. yes. Oh. Those little popper things. What are oh, those the, things? the potato teasers? Oh, oh yeah. Better than like better than any French fry on planet Earth. That is one of Swenson's the that's teasers. one of the few places I will go and I won't order French fries. Jimmy, you haven't been there, so yeah. you can't. Yeah, don't don't talk crap. No, 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 no. I'm not, I, well, no, well, no, I'm not no, talking crap. No, I'm, I'm gonna exp- that's a very bold statement. I gotta I'm gonna explain myself. it to him. He doesn't even know what a potato <laughs> teaser is. True. A potato teaser is essentially a like uh, fried potato wedge. That has uh, bits of jalapenos and cheddar in it. Sounds pretty good. It's freaking amazing. I'll have to give it a try. It's it's the clutchest fast food order is a galley boy and potato teasers. But and you then, said it's better than any fry you've ever had. Yeah, I I would Dude. yes. I don't so, I, I don't know if I I don't know if I'll say it's better than any fry I've ever had, but so, it's better than most. Okay, like it's not. I mean, te- technically, potato teasers not a French fry. Like, they're, like, potato wedges, and you get, like, seven of them in an order. But that's because they're, like, they're big, like, they're, they're, like, fatter than a normal fry. Like, it's got, it's got, it's got chunks of potato, cheddar, and jalapenos in it. It's got some beef. But but if you had to choose between whatever that is, and let's say (laughs) a medium curly fry from Arby's, what are you picking? Oh, teasers all day. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gonna have to agree with Dan on that. Yeah, Yeah. teasers all day. Yeah. You gotta try them, okay. bro. You gotta try them. I guess I'm not they'll, knocking them. They'll change your but I'm life. Skeptical. They I'm will change skeptical. your life. Arby's wasn't on your list, and you're you're ranking yeah, their their curly fries. Fries, huh? Oh, I mean, they, they got crap other food, but they got good fries. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's a fair statement. <laughs> <laughs> good fries, good milkshakes too. All right. Good All right. So that is our top five of the week. Uh, hit us up on social media. Let us know if you agree, disagree. Are we crazy? What did we leave off that we should have put on there? I'm sure there's places that each one of us have uh, forgot about that probably probably would make our list, uh, but that's what we can come up with. Uh, so that is the top five. So now it's time to debut a new segment on the show, and uh, we went to our esteemed R&D creative team, to come up with a name for this segment, and they came back with "What's happening?" So, uh, heck yeah! I think we need to look into how much we're paying them because it might be too much. <laughs> so, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, what's happening? Yes, sir. What's happening, boys? All right, let's see. This is a lot of pressure for this being the first ever segment. Yeah, man. Okay. Well, let's see. I, I guess we can say we're all Netflix enthusiasts. Yep. Can we agree yes, on sir. that? Yes, sir. All right. 
And it seems like in the past couple of years, past few years, there's been a wave of uh, a, a certain themed drama series or TV show or documentary, what you have it. Um, and that would be that of the serial killers. Okay. So yes. I want to start yes. with so the documentary series Evil Genius, not so much serial killer, but oh. involves some pretty diabolical diabolical things. This um, is a great make, making yeah. making a murderer. Yeah, uh, I yep. know that's extremely mm-hmm. popular. And then newly announced or recently announced rather um, is the Ted Bundy series Conversations with a Killer, the Ted Bundy tapes. So basically, which I'm excited to watch. I, I will be binge watching that. Um, so basically, what I'm getting at is what is our fascination with serial killers? Okay. Why is this so popular? Why is this such in high demand? Obviously, it's going to get great ratings. Obviously, you see people on Twitter talking about this stuff, and I just don't understand why. And I, I kind of want to see your input on the overall fascination and obsession. With these psychopaths, go <laughs> and go, huh? Uh, I, you know, man, I, I, I think people just have effed up <laughs> minds. Really, I mean, they like people like let their minds go places, and like stuff like this, like stuff that they can't ever see themselves being involved with like fascinates people mm-hmm. I don't know see I I disagree I think I, I I'm gonna be the first one to just throw this out here I am fascinated by serial killers I'm fascinated by like really crazy crimes uh, and the reason why is I like to study like when they cross the line and a lot of times we don't know exactly why or what makes a killer or a serial killer, but we can figure out when they cross the line. And sometimes you can get clues from that. Um, and while I do think that, I do agree with you that a lot of people, Dan, probably do watch these shows because, like, I would never do that. Why does this person do this? I do think there's also that weird fascination where people kind of are like, huh. I could have seen myself making that decision way back when that could have, you know, a domino effect could have happened and the next thing you know, I'm a serial killer. Like, I don't know. And I think it's just, I just think that our minds, there's just a dark side to a lot of our minds. And when we hear really gross, like weird, messed up things that happen to other people, it's kind of like, when you when you drive by an accident and it's bad yeah. and you just can't turn away from yeah. it, you're like, I gotta. You don't want to look, but you can't look. I away. gotta see it, and, and you see blood everywhere, and you might see a person dead or yeah. really in a bad state. It's kind of that weird thing, or when injury videos, or you know, just other weird videos that run around viral videos, and you're just like, I shouldn't look at this, but I'm going to. <clears throat> I think it's the same idea. Um. And I think there's other aspects that come into it, come into play. For instance, a lot of Clevelanders are into this stuff because Cleveland's had multiple really famous serial killers. You have the tor- torso murders. 
You have the guy re- recently, uh, Anthony, oh, what was his last name? I can't remember his last name. Who was raping and killing women oh, yeah. in the east side? Starts with an S, Anthony uh, Sorrell. or yeah, something like something. that. Mm. I apologize for not knowing that. Um, and then you had the guy who kidnapped the three women. We've just had a lot of bizarro, crazy crimes. And like some like the torso murders were investigated by famous Clevelanders. Um, so like Elliot Ness was one of the main detectives on that case. And Elliot Ness is a Cleveland legend. So I think a lot of it's regional, uh, but there is an aspect of it I don't understand. And and, and I'll I'll take a break after saying this last point. So I watched um, a series on Netflix called The Dark Tourist, which was fascinating. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, so Jimmy, you know what I'm talking about. Dan, have you seen it or no? No. Dark Tourist basically is this guy who investigates really weird tourist destinations. One of them, for example, is um, a nuclear site in Japan. After And people like to go see how far they can go in. And they have these little clickers that are like... And it's like the faster they're clicking, the more nuclear waste is in the area. And like it's just radiation? This, yeah, radiation. It's just this weird, dark thing people want to do. One of the things was the tourism stop uh, uh, a tourist destination around uh, who's the Minnesota guy uh, the guy who would eat men um, uh, super famous and oh, of course I'm blanking Jeffrey Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer. yeah there's yeah. like a weird tourism industry the guy that would eat men that's what he would do it was a weird tourism industry in there in that city where he was from and not like oh I'm fascinated by serial killers ooh like weird like yeah. there's like a sexual aspect to it and it's very strange and it's it's bizarre so I, I don't know that kind of stuff doesn't make any sense to me that in itself is almost something i'm curious to pay attention to because i'm like what is wrong with these people yeah i don't know yeah i don't know well, if any yeah, of that yeah, made yeah. sense but i think a lot of it comes down to just natural human curiosity the shock factor and we're like we need to know why this happened and then a lot of times there's a local aspect. If I could wrap it yeah, up, those are the three for reasons. Sure. I, I, to touch on what you just said, the curiosity portion, um, I, I think our curiosity is at such a high peaking level right now, especially uh, in 2019, you could say all of us, uh, obviously in Cleveland, Ohio, for the most part, or just, just today in today's society, most of us are rather sheltered and never really experienced yeah. any real violence we haven't seen it with our own eyes and we just see it over our screens or we see it on the news and we've never actually experienced we're definitely protected and um i just think it's in our innate um characteristics as human beings to to be drawn to violence for whatever strange twisted reason true i I don't i don't know why that is but i think everybody can attest to it Mm -hmm. just look at the statistics of the viewers who uh, watch these shows that they get such good ratings. The Star Tours show, it, it's it's so weird. It just it's mind boggling that. Oh, and the, I actually just pulled up one of these stats, and we can talk about this as well. So, other than the curiosity portion, so Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Jack the Ripper, uh, who's uh, Gacy, the oh, yeah. clown guy. Yeah, what's crazy is that they're the percentage of serial killers that are male. There's almost yeah. no female serial killers. Very few. It's like 85% or 90% of 
our male. And like, I, is there a reason? Is it we're naturally more aggressive? We're, uh, what's, uh, I don't know. Can it, can it be explained? Well, is that the that, whole nature and nurture. That stat too is interesting because most crimes are committed by males. Like mm-hmm. just in general, like if it's a violent crime, it's generally committed by a male. Um, and I don't know, that's so bizarre. And that opens up so many different things because that gets into whole, you know, differences between genders and differences between mm-hmm. the sexes. Uh, is this genetical? Is this, is this hormones? <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's, I don't know the science behind it. But yeah, I don't, but, but I will, but one thing I've always found fascinating is sure, males do ma- the majority of these crimes, but a lot of females, oh, that sounds weird to talk like that, a lot of women um, tend to be very fascinated by this stuff. So there's no discrimination between people who are interested in this kind of stuff. It just tends to be men who do this, these crimes. Yeah. So I don't know. You, that's what you just said. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. What? Sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's all actually, I was going to say. Yeah, that was the end. Yeah, that was the end. That, that women are so interested in this. The uh, one episode you brought up, or, or um, what you just said, in Dark Taurus, there was an episode where they went on a Jack the Ripper tour. Or yes. They hosted, and most of the audience that attended were women. Yeah. And they're, yeah, I, well, yep, <laughs> they're I remember that. behind that, too. I, you know? It's weird. And, like, they interviewed one girl, and she was like, it's a, it's a bad boy. I'm like, whoa, this is beyond yeah. bad boy. This is like, this is a dude who's like literally boys. murdering and slicing up people. Like, this isn't cool anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, Dan, you have any other thoughts? No, I, <clears throat> for me, I, I like to, uh, um, I like, I, I like to watch these things like, like, and just see, like, the people who commit these crimes, like, mentally, what's their breaking point? Like, like what's their motive, almost? Um, mm-hmm. and, and another aspect of these shows, like, especially, like, I, I'll, I'll, <clears throat> I'll talk about Making a Murderer for a second, because that's the one that I'm most familiar with. Um, I'm so interested in, like, the law as- aspect of it. Um, so, like, obviously... You know, if you kill a person and somebody finds out, like, law enforcement's going to get involved, and then, you know, there's going to be a trial, and you're going to have lawyers and involved and all that prosecution, defense, all that stuff. So, like, for me, Making a Murderer Season 2, which was all about uh, Stephen Avery getting this new defense attorney who specializes in getting convicted murderers' uh, sentences thrown out, uh, so it was fascinating to watch, like, uh, like watch her and her team go through all the evidence and uh, go through all the different scenarios uh, that happen um, with the events of the crime and just to see how it just completely flipped on the prosecution. So it's like, obviously one thing happened, but there are so many, like like little events, instances, things that happened that these lawyers focus on Mm -hmm. in order to prove their side of the story, which to me is fascinating because, like I said, like one thing happened. Right, right. Like, for for instance, for Stephen Avery, 
either he like we know that the 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 girl's dead. Yeah. And we're trying like he was convicted of it. Now the defense lawyer is going through all this evidence that points in other directions. So it's ba- you know, it's basically just did he do it or not? But there's so much that goes into it. Like some I mean just some of the evidence was like the way that the blood splattered yeah. uh, as as they as the prosecution said he was putting the body into the car. Um, where the body was disposed, uh, how she died, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who was around the area where prosecution said she was killed and who could have witnessed it and who could have, you know, all this stuff. And it's just crazy just uh, how much goes into uh, yeah. these events that happened. And I think for me, that's what makes me so fascinated about it. Like, I... Like, I can't wrap my head around, uh, like, and hopefully no sane, other sane human being can wrap their head around killing somebody. Mm-hmm. Or even being in the presence when somebody was killed. Like, yeah. To me, like, that would just, I mean, it would, you know, it would jar me for the rest of my life. But to, like, examine everything that goes into uh, that event taking place is what fascinates me, especially the law enforcement and then the actual, like, like trial law. Yeah, I want to add, two to that, Dan. Um, so I saw another one called, uh, I think it was called The Sisters. Have you seen this one, Jimmy? No, I don't think so. Um, that's not what it's called. I'm looking it up real quick. Or it is The Sisters. It's another murder mystery, but, like, real... No, that's not it. Um, the Keepers. That's what it's called. Yeah, you know I have heard About that. the nuns. So, mm-hmm. this one, of all the true crime I've seen on Netflix, which I've seen a good amount of them, is probably the darkest and most disturbing I've seen of all of them. Um, there was just something about this one that really... It got into really dark stuff. It got into Catholic priests' abuse and um, tactics that abusers use. And I think another reason why this is fascinating to people is we all... I think there's a little bit of every one of us that believes in conspiracy theories and that, you know, believes that things aren't the way they seem, perhaps. Let's put it that way. Um... And when you, when you see the keepers and, and I highly recommend it, but with a grain of salt, like it is incredibly dark, like as the darkest thought you could ever imagine happens in this thing. And this is real life. So, uh, the, the basic premise is there was a nun who was murdered and the idea is she was murdered because she was going to report abuse, ongoing abuse to multiple little girls that was going on in this Catholic school um and I think what's so scary about this is that so many people have been to either a Catholic school or a Christian school or a private school or a school and we all understand there's politics in these type of organizations you know any major organization has politics office politics whatever politics and it's kind of terrifying to think that it could have happened to any one of us. 
And you see these people being interviewed. They're not models. They're not movie stars. They're just randos. They look like any other 50-year-old person we've interacted with. And yet they went through this hellish nightmare. And I think that's another draw. Like People are kind of like, this could happen to any one of us, you know? And so I think that's another reason for the fascination. We're like, well, maybe what could we do to, to not ever let this happen again? Uh, and, and what I'm trying to say would make more sense if you've seen this, the series, The Keepers. Uh, but I think you understand the gist, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's just another thing I thought of, too. It's just a lot of times it's like, man, that could have happened to me. And it's kind of sobering to think that. Um, but yeah, even that—that's the scariest thing—is what you said that it could really happen to anybody. Right. And the people that do commit these crimes—they look almost harmless. If you look at a picture oh. of Ted Bundy, they're, he, they're he looks geniuses like he at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, Ted Bundy, even Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, when you look back on them after they've committed these crimes, you know they've committed these crimes. You're like, oh yeah, he doesn't kind of look like a major creep, but in the time, he looks, you know, essentially innocent and. Yeah, just couldn't do any wrong, so that will often keep you up at night. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You never know, but um, yeah, yeah. very interesting, boys. All right, well, thanks, Jimmy. Excellent topic, <laughs> fascinating. Sorry to go into dark mode, but That's all right. No, hey, no, no, no. Go big or go home. Yeah, that's it's the first right. one. So next week we'll have something different. Uh, who knows? It could be anything. So that was what's happening all right uh let's let's talk some sports yeah let's do it all right just touch, things up. yeah let's just touch on a couple things here uh obviously browns introduced freddie kitchens as the new head coach uh press conference was on monday um a couple things just i took out of the press conference was how much freddie kitchens is the anti-hugh jackson Uh, like Hugh Jackson is one of the most disingenuous people that you'll ever see I mean the guy will literally just say anything uh, just to make you try and like him and then go behind your back and stab you in the back uh, if uh, you know you don't do things his way but Freddie Kitchens had he had a couple liners uh, during the press conference my favorite one was uh, if you don't when, when talking about uh, things around the team and, uh, you know, as far as, like, where his focus is, where the organization's focus is, is, um, and I can't remember what the, que- what the exact question was that prompted him to respond this way, but he said, quote, if you're not wearing brown and orange, oh, you don't matter. Yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I can't remember exactly what the question was, but... Um, but I, I love that line because it, it, it's just, it's just a bunker mentality. Like the only thing that matters is the people within the four walls of the training facility in the organization. Um, and nothing else matters outside of that. So dude, it's that tribalism. I know that's a bad word these days, Yeah, but that's what's needed in sports and that's what's needed with the Browns. Right. And the fans have it. Yeah. But the, the team didn't always have it. Yeah. And I think you 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 would never hear uh, Hugh Jackson say the things that Kitchens has already said. Right. Like, I'm not saying Jackson didn't want to be successful, yeah. but he didn't have a winner's mentality. 
Right. And you have to have that us versus them. None of this, you know, wow, I just, it's a learning experience. Yeah. Like, we, that, no, that's, that's not how winning teams talk. Yeah. And, you know? uh, <clears throat> another thing that he said, and, and, you know, this is all conjecture and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. blabbering on the mouth. Like, who, I mean, it's all going to basically come down to if you can whether he can coach the team to winning games or not, which he said. But another thing that I liked, uh, every single time, uh, somebody asked a question to him directly, he never answered it saying I, it was always we, us, mm. um, good observation, you know, any other interpretation of that like phrase like like everybody included uh in the organization he said that the letter i is a letter and when you start using it as a word you're in trouble basically meaning you know if you start saying like you know if you start taking credit for something or even if you start taking the blame all yourself it's never one person's one person's fault true and it's never one person's uh credit as to why something happened the way it did yeah and i think that's just a testament to how things are going to get run now um like as far as uh the team goes uh, just another contrast to hugh jackson um in a in one of his opening like conference calls or whatever back this is three years ago and i forget the context but hugh jackson actually said his name when answering a question he said hugh jackson's here baby when talking about like what's what's gonna be different with the Browns and stuff like, like just being that arrogant. Yeah, and yeah, the hubris. Like, and yeah, and that's that's the that's the eye that that uh, Freddie's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I thought that was great. I thought Freddie came across great. I mean, you know, you really have to screw up to lose a press conference nowadays. I mean, people are are coached so well in these press right. conferences, but it's almost annoying how yeah. how well they're. Coached. But Freddie just came off as so real. In that press conference, which I which I thought was great, um, did you hear any of it, Jimmy, or hear any clips or anything? Yeah, yeah, I heard some clips. I heard the the whole "if you're not in brown or orange, you don't matter." Yeah, um, I didn't watch the whole thing. What I got from it, I don't I don't know if I heard it or I just saw it on Twitter. Was the little math equation he came up with? I'm not sure if you want to touch on that. Oh yeah, what was that? <laughs> I don't remember what that was. I can't even remember something about like having fun and Browns equals winning. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, I have yeah. no idea. Oh, I can't remember it now, but yeah, I know what you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-mm. Yeah, he's a, he's a <laughs> he's a country boy now. He's a he's a roughneck. I love for it. sure. I love it. Um, <laughs> the, it it's great. Um, wanted to to touch on uh, now that they they've got pretty much their coaching staff intact. And uh, one thing that I that I found interesting and I found very encouraging because Freddie Kitchens is somebody who's never been a head coach on any level. Uh, that's the one big reservation uh, about him getting this job because you're essentially getting you've never been a head coach before, but you're getting a head coaching job at the highest level potentially in all of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so the coaching staff they put together, there's probably four or five assistants on this staff who have been a head coach at some level, whether that be the NFL, college, uh, even uh, Canadian Football League. Um, and I, I find that really encouraging because it, it's just 
it just shows that there's going to be people on the coaching staff that Freddie can lean on uh, as far as making those big head coaching decisions. Uh, so the offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, was offensive coordinator at Tampa Bay last year. He was a head coach in college at uh, Southern Miss, and I believe he was offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, I believe. I can't remember the time frame, but I think it was when, like, Des Bryant was there and Brandon Whedon and, and all that. But So he's been a head coach uh, on the college level, but, you know, he's also been a coordinator in the NFL. Uh, the defensive coordinator that they hired, Steve Wilkes, was the head coach of the Cardinals last year. Um, and he was a defensive coordinator for the Panthers before that. Uh, so he has coaching, uh, head coaching experience. Um, let's see, who else? The uh, lineman, lineman's coach from Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I remember. Tosh Lupoy, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah, He was the right. defensive coordinator at Alabama this past year. Um, he's known as a uh, incredible recruiter. Now I don't know what that's gonna, I don't know what that's gonna translate to in the, in the NFL because you don't really recruit people. Uh, you recruit people by showing them money, not like, <laughs> yeah. hey, come to Alabama because the tradition. Like that doesn't work in the <laughs> NFL. Um, but but yeah, that was interesting. Uh, there, I can't remember what if he's the. I, I don't know a specific. Uh, role on the Browns staff. It might be running backs coach. I don't know. But uh, they took a head coach from the CFL, the Canadian Football League. So that's interesting. Uh, Chris Jones, I think is his name. I don't remember what position he's coaching with the Browns, but uh, he was a head coach for uh, a Canadian football team. I think maybe I don't even remember what team it was. but uh, But yeah. They, uh, they, they have just just a couple other uh, assistant coaches named their offensive line coach who was with the Packers, um, the running backs coach who was with the Jets this past year. Uh, all guys who are respected have been coaching for a long time, so uh, it's definitely been lauded as a successful hiring of a coaching staff. We'll see how that plays out. Um, as far as how they relate to the players and how they're able to coach coach the players up uh, this next coming season, but I'm definitely encouraged for sure. No, absolutely, especially the um, Todd Munkin, yeah, uh, the new offensive coordinator. I know I was just listening to another podcast earlier today talking about him, um, just how uh, him being at Tampa Bay. Uh, them being the third best total offense in the league, yeah. even having Jameis Winston, Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing all those interceptions. Fitzmagic, um, baby. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's definitely inspiring. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Fitzmagic, hey, dude. Hey, nobody's <laughs> talking about it yet, but I, I think there's a decent possibility that Fitzpatrick might be our backup quarterback this year. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Oh. So I don't think they're going to bring back Tyrod Taylor. Dude, that beard, man. Oh yeah, respect to that. Fits magic. Yeah, that's a but weird. um, but anyways, with Munkin, I think him and Baker are gonna be a great fit. I actually have a quote pulled up right in front of me. Uh, Munkin says, "I like having fun. Uh, that's what the game's about, man. People like big plays. I like big plays. Now, if you don't think of that quote and Baker Mayfield don't 
tag along perfectly. Right. That's a good point. I mean, that's, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, they they uh, they form the offense between the styles of uh, Munkin and Freddie. Uh, Freddie Freddie's still going to be calling the plays, um, so they'll still have that. But uh, I think the offense is definitely going to get an imprint from Munkin's experience. Uh, he's mm-hmm. more of the college air raid, uh, throw the ball downfield uh, type coach, which fits Baker perfectly. I mean, that's what he ran in college. So, um, you know, that should be good to see more of those concepts uh, run in the Browns offense. But, yeah, I totally agree. I'm I'm 100% in on the offensive coordinator hire. Uh, I'm a little bit apprehensive about the, the defensive coordinator hire just because, you know, Wilkes – failed as a head coach whether that's his fault or not last year the Cardinals because of their just talent on the field who knows that's up for debate but uh also he was only a defensive coordinator for one year before that so it's going to be interesting to see uh how the defense uh forms around him for sure but um but yeah I I, I'm I'm overall I'm, I'm really encouraged so we'll see what happens so for the Browns we're kind of going into a little bit of a lull period uh, next up, we start seeing like all the college all-star games, like the senior bowl. Uh, then we're going to get into the combine and all that. We'll start like starting with like draft talk and all that. And the great thing about draft talk this year is people are starting to talk about, uh, what quarterback's going to go where and who's going to go where for once. We don't have to freaking worry about that. So it's going to be great to almost kind of take a draft season off. Usually the draft is our Super Bowl, but now you know, the Browns are thinking about getting to the playoffs and hopefully in the next five years or so getting to the actual Super Bowl. So that's uh that's great to think about. But um but yeah, that that's pretty much gonna wrap it up for the Browns. Um let's talk a little bit about uh this uh uh Richard Jefferson article in the Players Tribune. Um, Jim, Jimmy, did you have a chance to read that? I didn't read it, but I saw the whole video on Twitter. Okay, so yeah, that portion of it, so I, I know it's up. Yeah, that's what I want. So, uh, Jordan read it, right? Yeah, yep. um, yes, a good portion of it, it. It's basically just Richard Jefferson going through his career, but obviously, you know, you know, we're a Cleveland podcast, so I want to focus on uh, the end of it, which was his portion about his time in Cleveland, and uh, just pull a couple quotes. And uh, uh, obviously the video of him going through that, that final sequence in, in Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals um, where he kind of goes play-by-play play of his, his vantage point of, uh, of what happened. So you can go I – po- I actually think we posted it on Twitter. So you can go watch the video if you want. But uh, it talks about how uh, – he talks about picking Cleveland – uh, for his, quote, last ride in the NBA. And people were saying, you're just ring chasing. And he's like, hell yeah, I'm ring chasing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I've done everything else. I've done everything else in the NBA. You know, he's been – he had been to back-to-back finals with the Nets. He had – you know, he's a multiple, multiple-time All-Star. Uh, right. You know, what – you know, for, for him, the only thing that was lacking was the championship. And – uh just some of the quotes that he talked about. He said, 100 years from now, people will still be talking about the 2016 NBA Finals. 
and I, I, I think that's true. I mean, and I think that's true for, for even outside of Cleveland. Um, you know, it's thinking back on it, it's almost like the 04 Pistons winning the finals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they went, they went, they went up yeah. against like a Lakers super team, like this, yeah. like super team that you know they had Kobe and Shaq, and then they added Gary Payton and, and Carl Malone. Malone. Yeah, and then they had Derek Fisher on that team yeah. still. Derek Fisher, Robert Holy Ory. Holy crap! Oh, they had a Robert Ory too, yeah. who's like Mister Clutch. And yep. to be fair to Robert Ory, he still had it in him, and he he hit the clutch shot the next year. Yep. Or yeah, it was the next year yep. with the Spurs. Yep. But um, but no, that's actually a really good comparison. Right. And I think I, I so reading this article, the thing that stuck out to me was the passion that he had, and, and it does show that there are guys out there that really do want to win a title. Yeah. Like it becomes almost like a game thing to, it's, you know, I mean, you have the money, you have, you have the power, you have the prestige, you have kids still running around asking for your autograph, but you don't have that one thing. And you see how much it bothers players like Chuck, uh, Charles Barkley and, and, and people like that. And <clears throat> there are, I'm sure there are player, uh, professional sports figures who didn't give a crap if they won a title or not. No doubt in my mind, but we do know that there are some that do. And to hear him really just talk about... I found it fascinating how much he was like in panic mode within yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. I, I just always assumed that they were all like, we got it, we got it. But apparently not. They were kind of like, what, well, what's happening? I, I like, think I, I think for, for him it was. Because, yeah, that's true. Because he's like... He was more of a role player. Well, well that and, you know, like this, like this article talks about... He was on his last like ride right. as an NBA player. Like this yeah. was it. Like for, this wasn't like True. like early in his career in his like second third year where he went to the finals back to back years with the Nets. I mean they lost, but you know he's 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 going through that thinking. Oh, I got another ten years right. like of trying to win this, and we're going to be good and whatever. And then it never happened. So he goes to the Cavs, and like before that series, they had swept the first two rounds. So, right. you know, they, they won their first 10 playoff games. So True. then they lose two in a row, and they're tied, and he's thinking in his head all of a sudden, like, holy crap, if we lose game five at home, we're going to lose game six on the, on the road, and it's over. traditionally, whoever loses game five Yeah, it's like 80%. A series. Yeah. Any series that's tied 2-2, two, two, the yeah. winner of game five wins like 80% yeah. of the series. Of course, the Rockets series didn't go that way in the Western Conference <laughs> but, you know, what can I say? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't going to see, – see, you brought that up, not I, us. No, I, I had to bring that up. Uh, that goes, that's one of the worst losses I've ever watched. But anyways. Here's a, here's a funny excerpt from this article. Uh, he says, my wife still teases me about this. She's like, I don't understand. You didn't even cry like this at our wedding. You didn't cry like this when our kids were born. She's talking about Richard Jefferson breaking down after winning. And he's like, and he's like, and I told her the truth. Any idiot can get married. Any idiot can be a father. An NBA title? Now that's work. That's worth crying over. You know what's funny about that, too, is I he really brought to light the physical and mental toll that the – that the competition levels that the yeah. finals brings. Yeah. So we watch this stuff. We're like, okay, the best two teams, obviously. But what we don't understand is there might actually be better teams, quote yeah. unquote. But they weren't here. Me- they weren't there mentally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the mental strength, the physical strength to compete at that level, and you watch 
the best example would probably be the last four minutes of the 2016 NBA Finals Game Seven. Those dudes, oh my God. they were throwing every, they were throwing their bodies on the line, and yeah. nobody could score. No, that's not a sign of a lack of talent. No, those are some of the best players in this generation. Right, that's a sign of just like mental anguish and physical anguish, where literally nobody could score a basket. Yeah, I th- professional players that. When you watch them in practice, they, they won't miss a shot. Right. They'll, they'll literally go 29 for 30 yeah. from the three-point line. Right. And they couldn't score a, a layup. And, yeah, so that was fa- that was a fascinating article. I really did enjoy that. I, RJ's been one of my favorite players. I've been a fan of his. I hated that he played for the Nets, but I was still a big fan of his just because he was such a fun player. Oh, yeah. And, and who, like, and I, as, as a Rockets fan, I was rooting against the Spurs when they when he and the Nets made the finals. So yeah. you know, yeah, I've 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 been a big RJ fan. I was so happy he got his title, you know. Yeah. And he uh there there's two more two more excerpts of the article I wanted to to bring up. He said, and you know what's sick? Even after all that it genuinely pisses me off that we didn't repeat as champions. I should have two rings. And then in <laughs> quotes it says effing Kevin Durant man <laughs> Which is awesome that he says that. Oh yeah. He also called out Draymond. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. if you notice that for being yeah I don't soft. I don't I don't I don't like to bring up Draymond unless you know I get that that's fine yeah and then the uh, the the one that the number one excerpt of this article that stuck out to me is uh, um, when he talked about uh, the fact not only the fact that he won a championship but the fact that he helped to bring a championship to the city of Cleveland. He said, a lot of guys get rings, but how many guys can say that? So, yeah, maybe we only got one. This is after he talked about we should have won two. But we got, in all caps, the one. Some titles, they mean more than other titles. That's just the truth. And this is my favorite part of the whole freaking article because I believe it's 100% true. I know it. You know it. Golden State knows it. Yeah. If If you just... Sometimes listen to like guys like Draymond or Clay. They've won three out of the last four championships. Yeah. But it burns them more yeah. than anything oh, that know. they lost that one. It bugs them. It really does. Yeah. They it were up really three to one them. and blew that one. And they know they blew that one yep. too. But. Yeah. No, that's a good point. The fact that it was the breaking of the curse and all that. Yeah. That's that's a big deal. Yeah, so he said he said Golden State knows it and Cleveland definitely knows it. Some titles just mean the world. Mm-hmm. So no one's gonna remember the fourth or the third Golden State NBA championship. No. No. But you know what people will remember? Yeah. The three to one yep. disaster for them. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah, so yeah, I just kinda wanted to bring that up. I thought that was a really cool mm-hmm. uh, article that came out. Huge fan of Richard Jefferson. Um, oh, same. He's, he's, he's a great dude. You know, he, he they they started that road trip and podcast, which was awesome. Um, and uh, which was cool to just like, like for at while while they did it while they were playing with the Cavs, it was cool because they had you know a bunch of teammates on all the time, uh, a bunch of Cleveland personalities. So it was great to like get an inside look at like yeah other players' lives and stuff like that. Yeah, which was cool. No, definitely. Um, all right, so we've got AFC and NFC championship games. We're going to decide who goes to the Super Bowl on Sunday. 
So let's quickly go through the two games and uh, give our predictions. And um, do it. we will move on and uh, finish up the episode. So first game is at 3.30. It's going to be on Fox. Yeah, because it's, it's the NFC Championship game. The Saints yeah. are hosting the Rams. Who you guys got? Saints. Uh, Rams. Ooh. Okay. Wow. Rams on the road. Okay. All right. sure. I'm picking the Saints because yeah, I just say. don't think they're going to lose in that dome. I believe in Drew Brees. So. Yeah, I want I want to see Drew Brees. I picked I picked Drew Brees versus uh, Philip Rivers in the Super Bowl. Obviously, that's not going to happen because the Chargers laid the the biggest of eggs. It was against a huge egg. Good God. It was like an ostrich egg. It was bigger than that egg that got the most likes uh, of all time. Yeah, it was even bigger than that egg. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I've got the Saints. So, um, AFC Championship game. Patriots at Chiefs. 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 I hate the Patriots so much, I'm not going to say the Patriots. I know they're probably going to win it, but I'm not going to say they are. I'm gonna say Chiefs. I gotta give Mahomes. He's the truth. I gotta give my honest take, man. Okay. That, so that, Patriots. That freaking team, man. I just. I know. I just. I'm not saying they don't have a big. I don't. I think they're probably the favorites. I have a feeling that they're gonna they're gonna win. Yeah, you're probably. I right. just have a feeling, and it's gonna piss me off. But. So I'm gonna go Patriots. I, I'm gonna be rooting hard for the Chiefs, but I'm gonna go with the Patriots to win. Okay. So there you have it. Uh, We all have, all three of us have different Super Bowls. Jimmy has Chiefs Rams, which would be a repeat of the of the uh, greatest game of the season. That's right. Didn't didn't you pick that to start the playoff predictions? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Okay, so Jimmy's sticking to his guns. Uh, Jordan has Saints and Chiefs, Mm -hmm. which would be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I have Saints and Patriots, which I hope doesn't happen. But I think that would be a good Super Bowl, though. It would be a good I, Super Bowl. I, I just do, don't. I just don't yeah, want I to see the Patriots get their grubby hands yeah, on no, another I, trophy. I know. Trust me. Trust me. That's the reason why we don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah. So that's our predictions. Okay. And we got a couple reviews real quick. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I only have one review, and then uh, an announcement. I yeah. suppose. So um, I'll let you take the lead on on this review yeah. because uh, I I've been to this place a bunch of times so yeah but this was your first time going uh what was it, it was last Sunday right yes sir yeah. crust and Tremont yeah so I've never been before um <clears throat> first time my first impression was pretty good I wasn't disappointed by any means uh their pizza had a very unique flavor. I don't know if it was the sauce. I assume it was the sauce. Because generally if pizza really tastes different, it's the sauce. Yeah. Uh, but their crust, I, I swear I'm not just saying this because it's in the name. I really did like their crust. Mm-hmm. I'm a big crust guy. That's why I like 216. That's why I like Harlow's. That's yep. why I like Il Rioni. So, um, Which I still need to go to. Yes, we'll do that. We will do that. Uh, crust and Tremont, their crust is very good. Mm-hmm. Um I really like the pizza. I had a uh, oh boy, what was the type of meat we got? Me and Teresa split. It was gabagool. Cop, yeah, that gabagool. Gabagool. <laughs> As Michael Scott we got, says, we got gabagool and uh, banana peppers. Good combo. Um, 
Overall, the vibes were good. I didn't get any drinks, but uh, I'm sure it would be a fun place to get some drinks in the evening, perhaps, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, you know, it, it solid, solid pizza. I can't, I can't say it was bad pizza. It was very good pizza. Uh, not, not my favorite, but it was good. Uh, like I said, it had a unique flavor, which that means a lot to me. There's a lot of pizza that tastes the same. Yeah. So, uh, big fan. I would go back. Yeah, I I the love. Price, the, I would say real quick. Sorry to interrupt. The prices are very good too. Yeah, they're not bad for not Tremont. Bad, bad. Tremont's bad. Oh, for sure. Like Tremont's a very expensive. Yeah. Part of town. I uh I, I love I love crust. Um, I, I've said I've said it to numerous people that I've gone there with. Uh, one of the things in the back of my mind to do in life is to have my own like pizza shop. Hell yeah. Bar or something like that. Yep. Not like not like Domino's. Yeah. <laughs> So like an actual like something that I can call my own. You don't want to be the Domino's mogul. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, but uh, shout out to Domino's, by the way. Domino's. Yeah. Uh, but but no, um, I, I I just love the way that uh, Crust is set up in there. It's just a small small like small place. You know they've got uh, they've got like a ten tap uh, draft beer. Pretty good selection, uh, too. They have a few, uh, you know, whiskeys, bourbons, um, stuff like that, that, that you can that you can order. Um, but their, their, their menu's very small. They only have a few things. Pizzas. They have a couple appetizers. Sandwiches. Salads. Sandwiches. Yeah, sandwiches. Um, but I, I just love it. I love the decor on the inside. It's very simple. It's, like, all white. Yeah. Everything's white, uh, which is cool. Um and it's just a small little place, which is which is cool, which is what I would want uh, if I were to ever open up a place. So, yeah. I love crust. Heck yeah! So check out crust Tremont on uh, Professor there, Avenue. Is there two? I don't think so. There's just one. Oh, for some reason I thought there was two. Never I don't mind. Think so, um, I could be wrong. I don't know. The other information. The other information. The other. This is not really a review, but I didn't know where else to put it. Uh, Platform Beer Company, which is one of our favorites, yep. uh, is expanding. And they're not expanding in Cleveland. They're expanding to Pittsburgh. Uh, I know Dan's going to be upset about this. but I love Platform, but why? Because <laughs> Pittsburgh is into this kind of stuff, that, and it's that, a very they, smart they, move. They can get their own thing. They... Yeah, I would do it if I were Platform. Uh, Platform's also in Cincinnati, which I... Well, yeah, they're about learned. they're about to open up a tap room in Cincinnati. Yeah, and it's gonna have like they're like doing a collab with a restaurant or something. Um, so yeah, platform for those who visit Pittsburgh, which a lot of people do from Cleveland, whether they like no the sports to, or not. Ever. There's actually a lot of reasons. No, there's but no reasons. I, I enjoy Pittsburgh. Um, I hate the sports. You're not from Cleveland. So. You don't understand. See, you think no, no, no. I'm gonna stand up. No. I the hatred I have for the Pittsburgh Penguins is so strong you don't even know. As a Red Wings fan, it's so strong. Whatever. You think I'm making it up, but I'm not. I despise Penguins and, the, and their. This fans. guy talks about the, the Detroit Red. This guy will talk about the, anything Houston every three seconds, and he talks about the Red Wings once every like six months. Because so I don't want to hear in about. A bad, oh, they're in a bad period right now. They're in a bad period. Okay, right now. so well, okay. No, so there's not well, much to say. No, I'm not. There's not much to say about the Red Wings right now. They're they're a bad team. It's, it is what it is. Anyhow, platform expanding no. Pittsburgh. Nope. Bad. <laughs> Pittsburgh sucks. <laughs> All right, now we have some festivals and activities and events 
to yeah. preview. I'm going to go through these pretty quickly because some of these some of these we've already talked about. Uh, Cleveland Winter Beer Fest, January 25th to 26th, Huntington Convention Center downtown. The two-day two beer festival featuring 120-plus breweries from across the country. Uh, starts at 7. Most people will buy tickets for 8, though. Just be aware of that. That's what regular uh, tickets are for. 8 to 11.30. Uh, and they close out quick. Like, when they close down, they close down. So don't be having any ideas. Have a plan B because it shuts down. Um, and it's downtown. So and it's in kind of a dead spot downtown. So you, you're going to want to call an Uber or have a DD. Uh, tickets start at $45 if you buy them, like, right now. Uh, unfortunately, it's probably going to be $50 tomorrow when you buy your tickets. Um, that's fine. It's still Why? worth it. It's another 5 bucks. Uh, Why tomorrow? After the seventeenth, it goes up. Oh, it does. Five bucks. Yeah. Oh. I don't know why. Um, you get twenty-five five-ounce samples. However, we can tell you from experience, they will. It's unlimited. Yeah. It's as much beer as you want. There's literally no way oh, yeah. to take. There's like one or two. They tell you not to give them. Yeah, tickets. they literally will be like, "Don't give me your ticket." Like yeah. it's not that. So it's literally you're paying fifty bucks or so for as much beer as you can drink. So it's it's a little pricey. Plus yes. entertainment. Oh yeah, they have live music. They um they have food trucks. It's it's a good time. I from start to finish, I enjoyed it last year. You also get to take home your souvenir glass. Guess who forgot to take his souvenir glass home? Me. This guy. Me I'm, too. Apparently Dan. Um, for more information, we're going to throw the link down there in the, in the post. All right. So we have a family friendly event coming up this weekend. It's actually on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, and it's going to be taking place at North Coast Harbor, which is in between the Science Center and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Monsters Hockey Zone character meet and greet. I looked this up. This is going to be like Disney characters and stuff like that. Um, ice carving demos and an ice slide. Again, it's a very family-friendly friendly event, so don't be expecting booze and partying going on here. This is family-friendly. But if you want to see some people do some ice carving and just have an excuse to go downtown, I don't know how the weather's going to be. It's going to be pretty bad this weekend, so I don't know how it's going to be on the 21st. But this event's for you. If you have kids, take them out there. Force them to go outside and, and see what ice carving's like. Um... The third event, Winterfest 2019. This is February 9th at Tremont Tap House in Tremont. Shout out to Tremont Tap House. Very great bar. Great Shout food. out Tremont Tap yeah. House. Great food, great Shout beer. Out. Uh, they are connected directly with Butcher and the Brewer. So you can actually have Butcher and the Brewer's beer at Tremont Tap House. So that's one of the only, believe it or not, that's one of the only places you can get uh, local, like, original beer in Tremont. Tremont does not have any breweries except for they will get kegs from Butcher and the Brewer. So, interesting. Uh, it's free admission. So if you want to go to enjoy the special winter ales they're going to feature, you can go for free. You can also get food for free. However, outside in their awesome outdoor patio area, they're going to have four different winter sports that they're going to be... It's like winter competitions, I should say. So we're going to link to the tickets where you can get your tickets to, to participate. They're going to have turkey bowling. You literally bowl a frozen turkey. Puck shot. You shoot a hockey puck past the tap house goalie, uh, whoever that's going to be. Shuffleboard. So shuffleboard, but in, you know, outside. And beer luge. Each contestant will down a brew from the tap house ice luge. So you have four different events. Um, 
and Dan Snickers, but you can actually win some pretty legit prizes. First place is a night downtown. You get two Indians tickets and dinner at the Butcher and the Brewer. $75 value. Second, $50 gift card at the Butcher and the Brewer or Tremont Tap House. Third, $25 gift card, Butcher and the Brewer or Tremont Tap House. Uh, you can only win one prize per person. Other than that, the event is a winter hangout with featured winter beers and foods. So it's not just going to be a normal day at Tremont Tap House. They're also going to have special winter beers and pairings, food pairings. We'll, of course, add the link for that, but that's it for the winter things to do for the next few weeks. Awesome. Thanks, Jordan. In the Cleveland. All right. Uh, that's all we've got for you guys tonight. Uh, thanks for listening to us. Hopefully uh, you guys got all the way through with us. Uh, we appreciate you guys. And uh, keep listening and keep interacting with us on social media at the LOTL podcast. Uh, hit up our website uh, with Steve's newest um, article, The Brown Season in Review. And uh, check that out. And uh, leave him a comment. Let him know what you think. Uh, we appreciate Steve a lot for uh, the articles that he's written for us. So shout out. Shout out, Steve. Yes, sir. Good work, Steve. Um, so, um, yeah, that's going to do it for us. So we'll be back next week. Uh, we've got something in the works for next week's episode. Uh, so hopefully we will be back with you guys uh, at a special location uh, that we'll announce on social media coming up this week. So, uh, that being said, we're going to get out of here. So, for Jordan, for Jimmy, I'm Dan. We are living off the land, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a good one. See ya. See ya. See ya.